Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. You know, there are certain four-letter words that a Christian ought not probably make a regular part of their language. I'm sure you know some of the ones that I'm speaking about. And even if you don't, I don't think tonight's probably the chance to list them out loud. I'm sure if I did, it might be one of the most talked about Christmas sermons ever, but for all the wrong reasons. What if I told you tonight on Christmas Eve that I think there is another four-letter word that perhaps we should add to the list of forbiddens? What if I told you that it was a word that is used many times a day in almost every locale? What if I told you that it was a word that is perhaps the most cherished word in the entire English language. What if I told you that that word was L-O-V-E? Yes, love. Why is it that I would suggest that perhaps we Christians should stop using this beautiful word? How deranged am I to think that it would be good to take this word that has brought so much joy in the world and discard it? Why would I want to do away with a word that nearly everyone else is trying to get people to say a little more often to those they love? Well, I don't know if you remember clearly your English classes back in elementary school, but one of the things you probably reviewed there at one time was the fact that any word can have many different meanings. In fact, one word can end up having meanings that seem altogether different from another. I remember a teacher directing us to the word bank in order to make this point. I mean, a bank could be a place where you put your money. It could be a piece of land that hits the water. And sports fans can tell you that it's a kind of basketball shot that bounces off the backboard and into the goal. Well, you know, in one way, the word love has many different definitions as well. Or at least people surely use it to describe all sorts of different things. But probably what makes this word so unique is that while at one time everyone uses it for very differing things, we also all kind of think that somehow those things come together in that one concept called love. I mean, we would think that maybe we should have different words for things that are so different. I mean, after all, I guess we would hope that if one night someone says they love pizza, and the next night they say they love their spouse, that those are different things that we're talking about. And yet, our world tells us, no, love is love. All love is the same. And many times we buy into that. But is it really so? When someone uses the word love, are they always meaning the same thing? Think for a moment about two different families. And the parents of one of those families saying that they love their children. A very common and wonderful thing to say. But in that one family, that word love might mean a very good mix of both affection and discipline. It might mean that, yes, while they want to 
take their kids and hug them and embrace them. It also means that they want to make their kids know right from wrong and will do so, even if it means ruffling a few feathers or having to show a tougher kind of love. They believe that in being loving this way, they will cause their child to grow up to have a better life, all the while serving those around them. Now, parents of that other family equally use that phrase, I love my child, but go about things in a whole different way. When it comes to expressing the love they have for their children, they believe that the key to love is to make sure that they accept their child no matter what they do and no matter what they say. They assume that if they question their children's thoughts, they might stifle their self-worth. They feel that if they don't latch on to every idea that their child has, they might in the end steal a dream away from them. They feel in this family that that word discipline should be replaced with something more like unconditional acceptance. And yet, truth be told, if we heard each of those parents say, I love my child, we would assume at face value that they're saying the exact same thing. But it seems they have different ways of understanding that word. Well, for certain, the most damaging example of this kind of thing is when we in the world take a concept of love that we have created and then try to place it upon God. When we decide that God must love just like we think love is. Yes, it's a rather arrogant thing to do, but we do it quite often. We tell God how we think love should be, and then we expect him to be that way. Yes, most commonly in our society today, we are taught that love is simply tolerance and acceptance. You wrap that up in a fuzzies and place a bow of emotion on top, and there you have it. That's love. Well, we are told that is love. And ask, when people hear that God is love, in what culture has said about love, and placing that upon God. Do we think that when we hear that Jesus loves everyone, that simply means that he accepts everyone, no matter who or what they want to believe? Do we think that God will simply accept each person so long as they are true to themselves, whatever that means? Do we think he'll just be fine as long as they continue on in some way to acknowledge him every once in a while? You know, in this world, increasingly, I hear talk of God that sounds like that much more often. The main thing that people seem to believe about God in our day is that he would never condemn anyone or anything. They believe he would never be so crass as to point out someone's sins. They believe he just looks down from his throne and smiles upon each person, regardless of what they do or say or think. Now, I'm not suggesting for real that we should get rid of love from our vocabulary. But I would suggest tonight that if we are going to continue to use that word, then we must help fill it up with its true meaning. 
instead of just accepting whatever definition culture throws at us. Or to put it even better, God loved that word with his meaning. And he might just use us to do that. No, we can no longer simply say God loves everyone or that Jesus is love and expect everyone to just get what we're saying. So what is love? What exactly are we looking for? Well, love, in the end, is Christ in the manger. Yes, our text for tonight says, In this is love. Not that we have loved God, but that he has loved us and sent his Son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Yes, first and foremost, love is not even something that is meant to be defined by humans in each day and age. No, love is something that is defined by God's eternal nature. It is not that God does love. He is love. And so if we want to know what true love is, we must get to God better. We must learn who he is and how it is that he shows forth that loving nature. So what did he do for the world to show his love? Well, put simply, he sent his son. Now that seems quite simple, but tonight, take a while and listen to these words that I will speak in order that you might ponder what the manger scene is like for Christ. You see, the eternal God sitting in the heavens not need to come to earth. He was well within his rights just to sit in heaven where everything was perfectly well. But yet, God did not wish to do that. No, in his love, he decided to send his son. The one and only son he had, the son whom he loved with an unimaginable love. He sent him down into our flesh and our broken world. God, because of his great love to you and to me, subjected his son to all sorts of suffering beginning with his birth in a manger. Yes, God loves you so much that he wants you one day to dwell forever with him. And he knew that the only way to accomplish that was for him to first come and dwell among us, among humans, in our flesh, in our world. Yes, the sun came down from heaven to earth, begotten of God's love, he is the one who shows us what true love is. For love is not just unconditional acceptance and tolerance. If we're learning what true love is from God, then we know that instead it is unconditional grace and mercy given to any sinner. You and I love manger scenes. We love them because they seem so very tranquil to us. But you know, I don't suppose in one sense the manger scene was all that tranquil for Jesus. I mean, if Jesus wanted to be tranquil, he had that in eternity with his Father in perfection. No, being in our flesh, in our broken world, being born in less than ideal conditions, being given a father and a mother who could mess up, none of that was tranquility for Jesus. And yet he endured it all. He endured that lowliness of his birth 
all the while knowing that one day he would experience the agony of his death. But that's love. For you see, true love does not just sit back and nod its approval. Instead, it gets involved, even when that means personal discomfort and struggle. It comes right into the mess others have created in order to make all things right. And have no doubt that's exactly what happened in Bethlehem on Christmas morning. Jesus came into our flesh, into our mess, to dwell in the world that we have broke through sin. And he did all of this because of his love. He desired to make all things right, and so he comes for us. He comes to call people away from sin and to himself He comes to dwell among us in order that one day we might dwell with him. That is love. Imagine someone handed you a pencil and a piece of paper and they said to you, draw love. What would you draw? Would your paper be filled with hearts? Would you maybe write down someone or something that you love? Well, how about this? This year, perhaps you would draw the nativity of our Lord. You would draw that scene where God is sending his son. You would draw a babe lying in a manger, taking on our flesh in order that he might redeem and save us. No, you don't need the culture to tell you what love is. For God is love. He defines it. And so, if it is love that you seek, and who doesn't really, come to God this night with all of your sin, with all of your mess, with all of your brokenness. Give all of that to the child in the manger, for he knows just what to do with it. He will carry it from there all the way unto the cross, where he will put it away forever. Christ the Lord, he is born in Bethlehem, And so I guess we better not get rid of that word after all. We better keep that word love right in the midst of our vocabulary. For what better definition is there for love than what God did in sending his only son? Yes, God loves you. And Christmas is the absolute proof of that statement. You may rest this night knowing this truth. God loves you. Amen.